What does healing mean to you? We step in to the forgiveness that has already been given. In Christ, it's done, but it takes my body sometimes a number of years to experience that. Revealing Voices, the mental health podcast, raising unanswered questions, sharing unanswered prayers. We are faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. I am Tony Roberts. I am Eric Riddle. And we are Revealing Voices. So, Sybil, uh, Tony and I were so excited by the call yesterday that we forgot our key question. <laughs> so here we are uh, one day later, and uh, really thank you for getting uh, back on a call here real quick uh, to answer our key question, which is, what does healing mean to you? That's an important question, and it's one that doesn't have actually an easy answer, and I'm not sure an answer is always what we're looking for. But, yeah. um, but if we're looking at healing from the perspective of what the Gospels speak to us about, one of the aspects of healing is that in the process of becoming a new creation in Christ, mm -hmm. all of our sins have been forgiven. All of our diseases, and I say it this way, you can say it both ways, diseases and dis-eases mm. have been uh, healed. That's from Psalm yes. 103. Our life has been redeemed from the pit. We have been crowned with steadfast love and mercy, and mm -hmm. he has renewed our youth like the eagles. What is the healing all about? What we know, it probably looks a little different for each person. But it yes. is enough for us to be a, an expression of the grace and mercy and love of Christ. So one of the things that when I speak to somebody about healing, I just lean in. There were people who were healed fully in a physical sense. Um, yes. There were people who the forgiveness of sins brought about a healing and a new way of life. Paul asked for healing more than once. Mm -hmm. and, and his response to healing was that um, his grace will sustain me. Mm -hmm. uh, so the healing is complete, but whether it shows up on this side of heaven or the other, one doesn't know. But we have enough energy, enough capacity to live the essence of who he has called us to be in the space mm -hmm. of the life that we have been given. I'm not for a quick answer. Sure. 
What do you think? How about like on a on a personal level or within the context of the retreat center where people are coming for many different reasons? Um, as a as a person who's very attuned to listening to stories, as yes. you've expressed during this interview, yes. Can you recall maybe someone uh, coming to you and saying, "Hey, this retreat experience has meant a whole lot to me. Yes. I've been seeking healing and." This is what it's looked like to me. Yes. Did you ha does that recall anything? Yes. You? Oh, absolutely. And the space in which I do most of my work in, although I pray for people's physical healing, but the space where I feel that I have been given some measure of grace and listening is with emotional healing. Mm hmm places where people have been stuck with maybe the capacity to not let go of something, to hold on to resentment, um, to carry a deep sadness. And so I have seen people lifted from that enough that they are able to continue the journey mm -hmm. in a more healthful and lighthearted and wholehearted way. And so that listening part to someone in the presence of God often provides a uh, sort of surgery room for that to unfold. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not all at once. But the thing I like, this is a quote by Florum Flossum Wilmer in Healing and and so much of healing has to do, I think, with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's a very strong connection for me. She says, we step in to the forgiveness that has already been given. So in Christ, it's done, but it takes my body sometimes a number of years to experience that. Yeah. There's a story told of a man during World War II who deflected from his troops and went into the jungle in the Philippines and hid and came out 20 years later not knowing that the war had been called was over. And that's how some of us live. Wow. We don't know it's over. And so I think that journey of overness of the power and the goodness and grace and healing of Christ is something we have to live into out of the context of who we are and the growth of our image of God. And that, that takes you to a whole other area of consideration of scriptural meaning of, of wilderness, you know, 20 years in a, yeah. a jungle. What, what was that like for him? And yes. Yeah. I, I, it really resonates with me talking about forgiveness yeah. um, as a means of healing. I would say for me, that's one of the strongest correlations in my life, having overcome obstacles, you know, some of these things yeah. you're talking about where you're, you're just stuck. I mean, so yes. much of the stuck, the stuckness has to do with a relationship somewhere and often key key relationships heart heart relationships yes and eric here's the other other aspect the truth and i think i said this may have said this but our bodies tell the truth so our gut holds the 
dis-ease. It holds every memory, even those we don't remember. So I can give you just a story of healing. I lived in Germany during World War II. And in that experience, we had food deprivation. There was, um, I mean, there were bombs there. So, um, but when I came to this country, all of that was just totally wiped away. And nothing of it was ever spoken about again. But mm. what... Um, but it showed up in my life when I would travel um, as an adult. I was, I was concerned about when we would stop and get something to eat. That wasn't true in our home, but it was when we traveled. Mm -hmm. The other place um, that it came was because when we were in the refugee camp, there was not there were places. Well, you couldn't go to the bathroom when you needed to. So that part of my system was disordered. And again, I never knew why. But when I was 36, I went back to Germany. And I relived the war. And I realized what had happened to me. And so when I connected the dots, I just... I just invited God into that space and said, will you, will you just do your healing work in me or express it? And so now when I travel, I, I do not have that kind of issue at all. Yeah. It is not there. So when you say at, at 36, you went to Europe, was that an intentional travel? Yes. It, it was an intentional travel to meet my family, my father's brother, his wife, my cousins that I had, that some I didn't even know of. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So were they G German? Yes. People? Yes. My father was German. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. And my mother was American. And so we came, we, we were able to get after the war, we were able to come back to America, but we had nothing. Wow. But the way people viewed us in coming from Germany was with rejection and disdain. Mm. Which, I mean, it wouldn't have just happened to us, but it did happen to us. So that's- We've overcome a lot. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of healing there. Wow. Yeah. That's an expression of um, healing that's very real. And so I'm much more attuned to my body and I'm listening mm -hmm. because it carries everything. You know, for me personally, that's a really difficult thing for me to identify with. Very difficult. In and, what ways? Like I hear what you're saying and I, I believe that you are, are guided by that and that I am also but I don't really know how to respond for lack of better words, like body feelings. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I'm not that attuned to it. Yes. Here's a way in doing um, an exercise of consolation and desolation, mm -hmm. actually with children to ask them, where have you felt alive today? 
or where have you felt energy? And what part of your body feels joy over that? Could be my legs because they were able to jump or ride a bike, or could have been my uh, voice because I was able to sing, mm. or you know, uh, my hands because I was able to draw, my eyes. Yeah. Then you would say to the child, well, let's just put our hand there and just give thanks and just let wherever that energy has a sort of a uh, it wouldn't even be a beginning point but a holding point and let's just let our whole body feel it hmm. let's just you know allow that to travel um, from the tip yeah. of our head to the tip of our toes and just give thanks because your whole body was involved in it but the joy of it is carried in a part of you i hear you yeah. so then with desolation or a difficult experience is there any place where you had energy drain is there any place where there was sadness or anger if they are able to tell you the story and where do you feel it you know sometimes you can um, i mean i think you would probably agree that sometimes you carry tension in your shoulders yes. or maybe it's housed in your back or maybe it's in your head and yes. so if a child is able or an adult i'll ask an adult that put your hand on that we do this intuitively when we have a hurt have you ever had a bad knee and found yourself oh, yeah. rubbing yeah rubbing your knee well think about Definitely. why you do that it's it's to give it comfort right one part of your body giving comfort to the other part which is what the body of christ is in us one one person giving comfort to another yes but within your own body so put your hand there and let's just be quiet i wonder if it wants to say something to you and one story that was told me was um, someone who had lost their mother and the father was with the child and just was able to say, I so want to see my mom again. And so, well, let's, let's hold that. That's, that's, that's real. That's mm -hmm. real. And let's tell, we can tell God about that and let's, comfort that place you are missing your mom lord help help in this sadness and comfort it doesn't deny that feeling and the place where your body holds it mm -hmm. that's a very good insight sybil yeah for me i i do yoga and yes. so i i do have an a like a, a yeah. tuning in to my body of but it's, it's much more on like the relieving of stress side. But in the relieving of stress, there's really no like, well, that bit of me might be stressed because of X, Y, or Z. I don't, I don't go there. It's just like, I need to relax. I'm feeling tension here and let, let that dissipate through intentional breathing relaxation, that sort of thing. I don't go any deeper into why that particular part of me might be stressed. I can give you a couple of other stories in the in the valleys map of the listen to mm -hmm. my life map. A gal yeah. 
said, what was it that happened? And she said, my parents got divorced. And then she went through what she lost. She lost her dad. She did see him, but she lost a regular connection. But she also lost her mom because her mom had to get a job. And she went through sort of a litany of losses. And then I asked her, um, the next question is, how did you compensate? And she was, she was 25 at the time. And she said to me, she was five years old. She said, I began to eat. Mm -hmm. She knew it right away. That's how she took care of the emptiness, the sadness, and that in her. So then in the journey through how do you grieve, and then what do you need to confess or what do you need to be forgive, that's a space where she can take responsibility for a healing work with God in herself. Because mm. eating could not take care of this loss. That's a great illustration. Yeah, and that is true of all of our addictions. Your use of compensation uh, has really been very enlightening to me. Uh-huh. In, in that example and also how you described that with the Enneagram. Yes. And the de development of dealing with you know, personal crises or just pains in early life. I think that's a really, really good insight. This is a fascinating story. I worked with a guy who was in, um, he was in college, he was working with youth, but he had a stuttering problem. And he, and I was doing his pre-marriage and he came and talked to me about it. And I noticed that he, he was just telling me, couldn't remember when he hadn't stuttered and, and that. And then we went to prayer. And I noticed when he prayed, he did not stutter. And so I just reflected that back to him. I said, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but when you pray or when you've prayed with me, you haven't stuttered. And then I asked him, was there ever a time that you didn't stutter? I think in his memory, it was when he was a young boy, but when he got a little bit older, he wanted the attention of his father. And his father was a very upscale businessman, very busy, and his son wanted time with him. And the dad would say to him, okay, Joey, tell me what you want. Tell me where we're going. And he would just fire questions at him. Mm. And, and the kid couldn't pull it together to get the words out. Right. But he was so wanting it, and he developed a pattern of studying. And he, he told me some other stories, but that's enough to yeah. just say, but somehow there was a place, and it it just opened his eyes. You mean there is a place that I don't? So I wonder if that could be fanned into flame. And mm -hmm. could I forgive my father? Could I release that... He did the best that he could, but release him from being what he could not be for me, what he was not for me, and mm -hmm. let God be that. That's very, very so, good. Yeah. Well, hey, we could go on forever. You know, uh, you're a yeah. very wise woman, and I appreciate <laughs> all your insights. Oh, thank my Thank you for goodness. taking some time out here on yes, this Sunday well, evening. Yeah. Yes, well, Eric great to be with you and i hope uh, you and tony that your uh, 
podcast just expands and grows. So, Tony, this is actually uh, a very special experience we've had with Sybil Towner. Sybil's great. Yeah, I think she has an incredible life story and amazing ministry yeah. um, throughout her life. And then uh, now with the retreat center. What's the name of the retreat center again? The Springs. The Springs, yeah. To the northwest of Oldenburg, mm-hmm. Indiana. Home of mm-hmm. Freudenfest every July. Freudenfest. Uh, Freudenfest. That they're very like German oriented. So they celebrate Freud. Uh, they celebrate fun. Fun. Th- that means fun fest. In fun German. fest. Yeah. <laughs> they have like Stein holding contests. Uh-huh. There's a lot of polka. Polka music. Uh, of course, of course. Um, accordions the happening. Got to have bratwurst. Oh, yeah. A lot of bratwurst, a lot Crowd of beer. balls. A lot of beer, a lot of dark beer. They have like chicken. German beer. Like plastic chicken throwing contests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have friends who go every year. Uh-huh. And we've gone a couple times, and it's it's interesting. wonder if they're going to have it with COVID. It was canceled this year. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that's you can't have any fun with COVID because they've it's tough they've canceled fun. They canceled Freudenfest. <laughs> we'll be back, good people of Oldenburg. It'll come back strong. Yeah, there'll be twice the amount of fun next <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this was such a good episode. We divided it into two, Tony. Yes. You know, the first one um, we kept as one. Uh, we forgot to do what does healing mean to you right so we we kept that for the second episode we did and yet throughout the first episode there are uh discussions of healing you know right. uh throughout uh sybil's life healing events uh the one that you and i talked about before this recording is after she was denied an opportunity of employment mm-hmm. because of her gender she took retreat at Gethsemane, and in that moment, she had a death of the ego experience. Right. Uh, and from that, she encountered um, this moment where uh, she heard a voice. She heard God uh, from John, the gospel according to John, the, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this this brokenness, she found healing to carry on her hospitality ministry that was confirmed from very early in her life. Oh yeah, to the point where she was able to open up a retreat center and mm-hmm. contribute to the healing of others. Yeah, so amazing woman of hospitable ho- ho- ministry of hospitality that contributes to healing. Jen is going back to the Springs Retreat Center this yeah. coming week. I hope it's to go. It's so, so great. Yeah, I hope to go very soon. The hospitality theme in this, the, um, the, the mentoring theme is just really woven throughout. Um, her intent listening uh, as part of her ministry was mm-hmm. just very apparent. 
both being a storyteller herself mm-hmm. and being able to really reflectively listen to people's stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really feel feel like all that came out here. Uh, for her to be a, a, a spiritual counselor just makes so much sense to me. Uh, I could talk to the woman forever, you know. She's yeah, great. very rich. And she also talked about being a student and a teacher of Scripture and how, you know, people sometimes mistake uh, the Bible to be a rule book when, mm. in fact, it's 70 or more percent stories. Right. And by digging into those stories and applying them to the lives of, well, our own life and then the lives of others, we um, can reveal a uh, trajectory that uh, shows us what steps we we take next. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some show notes in here, just uh, pointing to books by Henry mm-hmm. Nowen, Thomas Richard Merton, Rohr. Richard Rohr. I mean, she yeah. she touches on all those, and those are some of my favorite spiritual writers mm-hmm. of the past 50 years. Her story at the end about um, the return of the prodigal son and Henry Nowen encountering a painting at Larsh Community and the hands of the of the father mm-hmm. in the story, which in, represent to to many and in an interpretation the hands of God, and how Nowen, who grew up in uh, such a stern tradition, was able to embrace the grace of God. Powerful story. Yeah, um, and, and if she mentions a book there too. Yeah, Henry Nouwen is known for the wounded healer concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that book called The Wounded Healer? Yep. Okay. Yeah, great book that came out in the 70s, 80s, maybe 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the time that I was being trained for seminary. Good. Yeah, part of what she talks about in the What Does Healing Mean to You section is about Paul and about his prayers to God to take away, um, you know, the thorn in his flesh. Yep. Uh, I think is the language yep. he uses. You know, whatever, whatever pain that was. You know, Paul, you know, prayed to to have that end. And uh, I'm not going to put words in Sybil's mouth by any means, but I, I wonder if she would even challenge that statement by Paul that. You know, he like he wasn't healed, but actually, in a way, he was, um, because it gave him a certain wounding that allowed him to circle back and be such a healer to other people. I mean, obviously, Paul's ministry was one of the most profound illustrations of healing outside of Christ mm-hmm. in all of Scripture. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about healing, for us, you know, it's often like whatever that pain is won't necessarily go away. It, it's just the process of healing and reflecting and knowing that um, you're still restored to God regardless of what you've been through. Yep. You know, that that healing process sometimes is what healing is. Yep. And that is so essential to know when you have a mental illness uh brain disorder, brain disease, and uh, feel like you must lack faith because it's not going away. Right. And people are praying for you. People are uh, examining your life to see what sin you are uh, 
mm. you have that's unresolved. And in fact, it's simply a thorn in your flesh that keeps us humble and keeps us relying on the grace of God, the, right. the grace that is sufficient. Um, and keeps us ever longing after God and That's ever exactly right. um, looking to, for healing. You know, another thing that she calls out in the what does healing mean to you is kind of this wordplay with diseases and this kind of hash eases, dash eases, um, where oftentimes the things that we are pained by it's just a matter of I mean how, how would you say that the feeling of well I in, think, inability to be at ease yeah I think the disease part the typical understanding is this woundedness this uh, uh, illness that everyone has that uh, indicates that we need to seek treatment to get mm. better and the deceased part uh hashtag uh, hashtag <laughs> <laughs> the dish the da, dish the dash the, the dash, dash ease. dish das dastardly <laughs> ease is really this condition of unsettledness that mm. each of us lives under the sort of the the condition of sin would be the classic language used. And um, this unsettledness keeps us from uh, resting secure in, in the Lord. Yeah. And maybe there's kind of this universality about, you know, that kind of definition. Whereas diseases sounds a little more like quarantine yourself because you're diseased, whereas the, the dis-ease is more of something we all have to deal with in our own way and in a way just brings us together. It's, it's more of a comforting thing because it's in, in community where we can, I, I think, understand that we're all dealing with something mm-hmm. and in knowing someone and in listening to their story, that unease can really be mitigated. Yeah. October, when we will release this, is Mental Health Month and also Pastor Appreciation Month. Yes. And this convergence of the two brings uh, to mind that many pastors, many faith leaders uh, uh, have these wounds that often go unaddressed because we are so busy uh, spiritually nurturing others. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm involved in a couple of workshops, a couple of online retreat summits, uh, October 5th through the 7th. And there's registration going on now. We'll have that on the website um, where you can see my social media. Uh, But uh, online pastors retreat through key ministries and there'll be speakers like Amy Simpson, who oh, was wow. on our program, and Kay Warren, the wife of Rick Warren in Saddleback, um, many uh, psychiatrists, many faith leaders. Uh, and it's a nur- nurturing event for pastors who are 
particularly in this time of COVID, mm -hmm. suffering burnout and lacking a sense of direction and purpose, not knowing what right. to do when you aren't with your congregation and you don't yeah. often know how to handle, um, you know, social media or technology. Right. Um, a lot of pastors are very much alone. And then October 10, which is World Mental Health Day, there will be a church mental health summit that operates out of Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. Um, Hope Made Strong is the ministry that's coordinating that. Okay. And there'll be some of the same speakers, actually, Amy Simpson and Steve Gersovich from Key Ministry and um, You're getting Brad, on the circuit, Brad Tony. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm I'm up to the second tier, you know. Second uh, book, second tier. That's right. Um, I'm I'm not. When you look at these, you know, the cast of characters, you'll see, you know, the big photographs. Oh yeah. Are of you know the K Warrens, the Steve Gersovich, the Amy Simpson, and then down. A little ways down, there's, you know, a smaller picture of me. So it's just kind of inching my way up in size of yeah. photograph. In size of font. <laughs> but I'm really pleased. Actually, I have over 50 registrants for my workshop already awesome. on the 10th. Um, the, um, I think a lot of it is attributed to the title. My, my title is called From Consuming Fires to Barren Brush Trees. Oh, cool. Um, and it's... Um, you came up with that? Man, yeah. <laughs> you think I borrowed it? Only you could create something <laughs> that cool. And the subtitle <laughs> is just the school, which is Managing Ministry Mood Swings. Nice. Um, and then... I love that. In my workshop for the online pastor's retreat, it's called All the Feels, Praying the Psalms When You're Mad, Sad, Glad, and Afraid. <laughs> So the titles Dude, are very important. You're hitting your stride. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, it's all the feels. All the feels. Sounds pretty like yeah, millennial. Yeah, that's, that's what the kids say yeah. these days. You know, I, I listen to the kids. Yeah, man. I've got an ear for, you know, ear for social culture. culture. Yeah, yeah. So you've been talk about watching the millennials. You've you've been following a yeah man a Netflix video here. You know, I don't binge anything you're not a binger i'm no no i'm not guy. but you know i've heard about stranger things the show takes place in hawkins indiana totally fictional and it was all you know the rage like a year and a half ago or so and they, they had ended their third season last year and my kids watched it you hear about it in passing all the time and i'm like i'm gonna watch this you know it's Based in Indiana, there's a little bit of uh, – there's a lot of suspense. It's a very suspenseful show. They are like the master of like a cliffhanger at every episode, and I just I just went for it. Mm. And it was like 24 hours of content, all three seasons, in about two weeks. Mm. And uh, it's all about the upside down, mm. the, the other side of uh, the reality. Where there's just sort of like the kingdom of God, where you have you know the, the unexpected, the yeah, the upside <laughs> the down. I, would, I wouldn't call the kingdom of God, but <laughs> okay. yeah, it, it, there is some topsy turviness in there. Topsy turvy, yeah, yeah. So this is an ongoing series. Will there be a season five? There will four? be. 
the the end of season three ends in a prison in Russia, okay. where they spare the American. That's a throw, long way from Indiana. Yeah, I know. They they spare the American, but they take another prisoner to feed it to the demigorgon, e. which is a very ugly creature. That, Sounds ugly. That I I think is um, evolving. We've seen mm. evolving over the seasons, and now this thing is like standing up. And well, if it eats human beings and takes on those qualities, it's right? a lot of nutrition, <laughs> a lot of calories. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But it's fun. It's it's like a group of about nine kids, you know, and they're like freshmen up through maybe like college, sophomore or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Like coming of age and trying to solve the mysteries that you know the yeah. authorities are always a step behind, Scooby Doo ish. Yeah, I was trying to get a handle on what parallels this could be, and the only one I had from my from my history was Scooby Doo. Right. Yeah. There are no talking dogs, unfortunately. No, Fred, Vilma, and Shaggy. Yeah. But the last thing it, it's based in the eighties. And that's oh, the other that's thing. Nice. So my friends who watch it, they're like, Eric, you grew up in the 80s. There's that's all right. kinds of 80s references. Yeah. The last episode, the this couple, you know, these two like freshman kids are on like a ham radio singing the never-ending story theme song, which is just like incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's like straight up 80s. Yeah. Nostalgic. Um, yeah, the music woven in there, just everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it was a lot of fun to do that. Great. Um, more stuff I've been doing. I just yes. finished this book called Writing Wild. Yes. Women, Poets, Ramblers, and Mavericks Who Shape How We See the Natural World. And I got this in part because it it's kind of like a biography of, of you know, expressing the life and the work of all these different women from really like the 1700s up through modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Oliver is in here. And Good poet. When I went to Michigan uh, with the guys back in July, uh, as you hike around this property, there's all these like signs with poetry written on them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of Mary Oliver poetry in there. Mm-hmm. So... Mary Oliver and some other women I, I know of, um, um, Annie Dillard. Annie Dillard yeah. wrote uh, Pilgrim from Tinker Creek, and she also has written some spiritual writings. And one quote that I just read in the book I'm reading, which is How to Pray by Pete Grieg, was talking about the, the hallowedness of God and God being wholly other mm. rather than our buddy and our right. pal. And it's said that uh, Dillard wrote something to the effect of, you know, when you enter the sanctuary, you should, you know, not have on an Easter bonnet. You should have a crash helmet, <laughs> and, and you should, uh, you know, you, the the usher should hand out life, uh, you know, life rafts uh-huh. instead of bulletins. <laughs> and so, you know, but there is this wild nature of God, and, right? Uh, uh, you know, that it's... Uh, you got the book for me. I've been reading it. How to Pray? Oh, you no, the Pilgrim. Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. It's a lot of fun. She, it's like her own reflections on her property, yep. really. And she like just goes on all these little side paths, like philosophically speaking or metaphysically speaking, yep. um, that are just a lot of fun. 
you know, to kind of trace her her thoughts on just things like uh, cocoons or the life of bugs or yeah. the creatures underneath the soil. I thought you would like that. I, I see you as one who is well connected with God's creation and reflects on the the meaning uh, of that connectedness. Yeah. The, the perceiving that can go on in nature really is incredible. You know, for so much of my life, it's just like I'm glad to be out to get some fresh air and to be on a trail and just to hike a lot of miles, uh, which is still pretty much my M.O. when I'm out. But to read something like this and the depth and awareness of the natural word, world around is really can be very profound. I mean, that's that's the beauty of creation when, when you can see that way. Yes. And it's really good to read a book where... You know, it's precisely what what she's getting at you know, right. in her writing. Right. So thank you for that book, Tony. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, Tony. Yeah, of course. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Ac- across from First United Methodist here in yes. town where Jen works, there is an open field. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. And in Uh-oh. that field. I see your eyes are opening wide right it, now. It, it's like a blank canvas. Yes. And so I was contacted by Sarah Campbell, the associate pastor uh-huh. of the church, and said, hey, think about doing like a, a memory garden or trying to Uh-oh. do some stuff with this space. And we, we talked, and she's like, well, let's, let's go to the property and, and talk with the head of trustees, who's also in the gardening committee. Uh-huh. And so we met this week, and we're talking about getting a labyrinth uh-huh. there on the property. Yep. Which would be like... Seriously, like one of my dreams. Yeah. I um, I proposed to Jen in the middle of the labyrinth. You bet. And the location of the church downtown, I mean, you get a lot of people from other faith communities down there. Sure. You know, just visitors, neighborhood folks. Uh-huh. Uh, it could be a really special thing. I think it fits Columbus well. I mean, you have the architecture and you have the, uh, the be- beauty, you know. Sybil talks about labyrinths. They have one at yeah. the, uh, the, springs. the the springs, and uh, I like what she said. I've I've been skeptical of labyrinths mostly because uh, it was new to me midway through my ministry, and it just so happened the people who brought it to my attention were were not firmly rooted in an Orthodox you know Christian. It's more they like were, David Bowie. Uh, I didn't know David Bowie was was one. Uh, well, that's that's another famous movie from the eighties. Okay, like, right. Watch that movie more than any other one. He he had one called The Labyrinth. He was like the wizard in the center of the labyrinth. I see. Yeah, but that, but that labyrinth is more like hedge, yeah, corn maze type thing. And yeah. an actual labyrinth is designed in the old cathedrals in Europe is not even. A maze. No, no. It's just a walking path in a circle, but you, you don't like turn left or right. Like, right make to decisions. find the hidden treasure. Yeah, it's gonna... yeah. That's what Sybil pointed out that the history and the God's people walking and wandering in the wilderness. Right. And I see, you know, many of my good friends and people I trust, like respect, like you and Jen, uh, have found incredible spirit, spiritual nourishment in this. So I'm going to give it a shot. When I go uh, on retreat at uh, the Springs, yeah. uh, I'm going to – and you, you said there they have, like, benches yep. that have writings on them or 
Yes, at the springs throughout the property, there are benches with a, a reflection on a certain word mm-hmm. at each bench, maybe 12 or 13 throughout the property. Mm-hmm. And one might say uh, community, one might say humility. You know, there's all kinds of different mm-hmm. spiritual Carved reflections. Um, there'll be a word on the bench, and then there's like a a sign in front that you can mm-hmm. read while you're there mm-hmm. and a lot of good vistas from mm-hmm. these different spots, both in like fields or on kind of tucked away on a trail in the woods there. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the yeah. closest I've ever come to walking a labyrinth was early in my um, life in uh, at ministry was uh, I would walk the Missouri T- Botanical Gardens. Have you oh, been there? Wow. And St. Louis. Uh, in uh, in St. Louis, in St. Louis, that yeah. is like one of my favorite places. Yeah, in this Missouri Botanical Gardens. You, there, there is a certain path you follow, and there are all these marvelous, uh, you know, uh, plants. And, yeah. I mean, you would just have a heyday there. No, I've been there many uh, times. Oh, you've been to the oh, Botanical yeah. Gardens? Okay, yeah. And then Tower Grove Park, which is just not, right next to it. We we lived my my first wife and I we lived right across the street from Botanical Gardens what? and Tower Grove. Every Saturday Holy morning, cow, without fail, man. without fail, every Saturday morning we would get up. It was free to go to the Botanical Gardens. We would wow. walk the gardens, come home, have homemade Belgian waffles. It was marvelous. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was. That quite is a seriously treat. one of the best botanical gardens oh, in this country. It has to be. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then you had, you then you had the St. Louis Zoo, and at that time you could get in free. You still certain can. Hours is it still free all the time. Yeah. You ever go in Cardinals games? All Cardinals games. You're, you're gonna, That's my team. You're going to die for this. The original Bush that owned the team had a soft heart for pastors. So he made it a policy, and I was a chaplain then, that every pastor could get in for a dollar and and bring somebody, bring their wife for, for a dollar. And back then— you, you you could bring snacks. Wow. You know, so you didn't you know, you did we brought a cooler. We you had like two, lived two the dollar life, day. Man. We we were there. Yeah, we were you there. You up St. Louis the right way. I did. It was great. Never never been up on the arch though. Okay. I saw, I it's saw a no little reason. overrated. I saw no reason. The museum below is incredible. Okay. And they've just um renovated all of that in the last couple of years. The entire grounds have been yeah. updated. It's really nice. I I thought the botan- botanical gardens would appeal to you. In yeah. Oh yeah. Pollinator. Uh, and you got a grant. We got a grant. Yeah. Um, there is a building downtown Columbus that has some of the most just like green space outside of it. Just some grass right now, and we're looking to make that a a pollinator area. And that is um, a building that's going to house. Uh, about I think twelve women who are coming out of like addiction, mm. you know, who are transitioning into a, like a AOC, AOC e- or yeah, 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 uh, intensive out intensive I- IOT, yeah. yeah. Uh, IOT, so yeah. Uh, hopefully next spring we'll be able to really mm. dig in and turn that into a very nice pollinator area downtown. This is great, Sybil Towner. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Sybil. And don't forget the springs. Make a pilgrimage to 
Oldenburg, which is southeastern Indiana. Um, yeah. They have a hot tub, right? They have a hot tub. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Tony, our show has come to a close. Now is the time to ask for five-star reviews. Please scroll to the bottom of our podcast homepage, click on five stars, then click on write a review. Help us reach more people seeking emotional healing and the hope of faith. Thanks again for your support of Revealing Voices. Revealing Voices is not a substitute for professional mental health care or participation in a faith community. If your unanswered questions or unanswered prayers leave you feeling desperate or unsafe, we urge you to seek further help. A partial list of outreach resources may be found on our website, revealingvoices.com. In fact, I joke with her, and Susan will hear this. So, she buys more dirt than anybody I know. Every Saturday morning, she goes to the store for dirt. Yeah, yeah. I I tease her about that. But we have two huge raised beds. Okay. Um, and she's done amazing work. So, you're married to a dirty woman.